Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Sticks in the Six podcast. Here are your calls, Andrew Forbes, Peter Barracchini, and Alex Hobson. Happy New Year, everyone. Our first episode since 2024 begun uh you know i mentioned it uh, i think last episode that we were on i was going through a little bit of a rough patch with the uh the whole health so i look like i just came out of hi- hibernation um <laughs> peter you're looking good as always kicking off 2024 an absolute beauty but um before we get into all the all the fun stuff brought to you by the fine folks at the hockey podcast network and draft kings as well as the indie House sticks in the six episode 145 um it's just the two of us again tonight but uh super excited to get it going here uh it's been a while since we sat down and talked hockey we got a lot of leave talk we got some interesting trades happening in the nhl right now and of course the pwhl is kicking off and it is thriving but before we get into that peter happy new year merry christmas how you doing buddy Absolutely, man. Great to be back chatting hockey with you. Hope you had a fantastic Christmas as well. Happy New Year. I'm loving the beard, though. I'm loving the beard. It's back to that old, what you used to have before. No trimming, no nothing. There you go. go. That is like 100% Andrew Forbes' beard right there. That's right. Lovely. Um, Yeah, no, you know, I know we took a bit of a break, you know, the holidays and everything like that. Um, It it, it went pretty well. Uh, Obviously, as I mentioned, I went to Montreal to visit family. Surprisingly, no snowstorm, easy ride there and back. So I really cannot complain about that considering what happened the year before. But it was nice. You know, food was good. Drinks were flowing. Um, Came back a little bit, you know, quiet for New Year's Eve. But you know what? Now that hockey's back and running, now that we have a lot of Leafed content or not like we didn't have Leaf content to talk about before, but it seems like every single day right now, it's been a very hectic last couple of weeks with everything. But how are you doing, man? Well, like I said, uh, it's been a, it's been a bit of a struggle the last um, month, man. I've uh, whether it was bronchitis or who, who the hell knows. I, I almost didn't have a voice. I was wondering my my podcasting future was uh, was up in the air. But you were not um, on LTIR. I was on LTIR. You guys had a little extra salary room to move around, but um, <laughs> I hope you weren't looking to add a new one. But anyways. I am back. I'm happy to be back. We had a good, uh, good Christmas, good New Year's. Um, obviously, Canada couldn't get done at the World Juniors, uh, so yeah. disappointing in that sense. But what a what a gold medal game! Um, a lot of feistiness from Lane Hudson, so a lot to look forward to in the Atlantic Division with the Montreal Canadiens. But uh, yeah, it's it's good to be back talking hockey, um, guzzling those brews like we all like we always do, and oh, yeah. um, you know, just getting back into the into the grind here as we. Uh, are on the home stretch here in the 2023 uh, 24 season. Um, of course, we got to kick it off with some outside news. PWHL kicked off in 2024 on New Year's Day. And Peter, I don't know about you, I watched it. It is such a great product. There was physicality, there was end to end chances. Um, man, these women are, are, are ready and they've been, they've been dying for this in your face professional league for, for, uh, years now and finally it's here and this is the it was the best way they could have kicked it off on new year's day prior to the nhl's winter classic what are your thoughts man it, it was a long time coming i mean 
like like you said, they've been building for a professional women's league for a long time. We're trying to make it consistent and, you know, get that revenue, get that pay, get those contracts out for the players because it's deservedly so. And it, this is the reason why you're seeing you're seeing the sellout crowds. You're seeing everybody buy in. You're seeing everyone get involved and you're seeing the top names you know, live up to the potential and the hype. And it's not just international competition anymore. We're seeing this regularly. And, you know, we're already seeing the rivalry from Canada, US carry over into this with certain players on specific teams right now. That rivalry is still going on. We're already getting a little bit of that animosity. And like you said, the feistiness as well. It is, it's been a long time coming, like we said. And I am so glad that this is happening right now because, I was really excited. I was watching that. I was watching Toronto's first game. And, you know, obviously not the desired outcome. They lost. And, you know, there are a lot of jokes that, you know, Toronto sports teams, you know, losing when it matters most or whatever. So it was already happening. But you know what? The the first few weeks of this league is already great. It's fantastic. You, You couldn't have asked for a better start with this with everybody buying into it. And for everyone out there that's saying that, oh, no one's really going to care about the women league or whatever, the women's league, guess what? You know, the numbers don't lie. The sellouts don't lie. The ticket numbers don't lie. And once they start to get more revenue in, everything's going to expand a little bit more. You're going to see arenas with bigger seats or more capacity. You're going to see, you know, the clothing line, the merch and everything start to take off even more, especially when they get logos. That's going to be huge. And I think right now they're in a great spot. Some things will work out here and there, but what I saw with the first few weeks of the PWHO has just been absolutely fantastic. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, like you, like you said, I mean, the physicality was was something I was not expecting. I loved, I loved to see it. Uh, you didn't have the fights after clean hits, which was, which was kind of a, you know, a little bit of something a, that needs to be changed. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but you know what? It was, um, it was, it was a great product. I, I wrote a piece about how even before Sportsnet One's uh, numbers came out, they were well over seven hundred forty thousand in viewership in Canada for, uh, um, I believe it was the, the, it was the season opener on the, on January first. So that was big. Of course, Toronto gets to be part of PWHL history. First team to get shut out in the PWHL. <laughs> first team to lose in the PWHL. It's just the way it goes for Toronto sports. But we're just uh, missing no. rookie scores, and that's it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> but uh, no, it was definitely, uh, definitely. Uh, you know what a way to open it up. And and uh, of course, Natalie Spooner is the one who opens up the scoring for Toronto, the Toronto franchise uh, as the yeah. first goal scorer for Toronto. So. Um, just you know, fairy tale start to the uh, to the PWHL. I'm I'm excited to see where this goes. I'm excited to see what's coming next. You know, there's going to be expansion. You know that mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be widespread, and you know this is going to grow. And and uh, this is exactly what we've been waiting for. Um, women's hockey is alive. It's doing well. It's thriving. And uh, you know, the PWHL is just a complement to to what uh, what we're seeing. And and now you can talk about more more women on the ballot for the hockey hall of fame. We're going to see more of them going in because it's a product that now is in your face. It's mm-hmm. there. People are seeing it. People are watching it. Um, you're, you're having solo crowds, the Ottawa game, the Ottawa Montreal game, uh, the following night on January 2nd, Yeah, uh, uh, record breaking crowd there in Ottawa. So, and, and, and come to think of it, uh, Ottawa wasn't even one of the original six franchises for the PWHL. They got in as one of the original six now. They, they had a record-breaking breaking crowd, and you can see why hockey is thriving north of the border. Yeah. Uh, it's good to see. So that's awesome. Glad to see it. Let's jump into the NHL. Cutter Gauthier, uh, as prospect writers, we, we've we talked about Cutter Gauthier before. Um, he's a guy that uh, you know we had up there as, as, a, as a top pick in the NHL. Uh, he obviously went to the Philadelphia Flyers, traded – along with a uh, second-round pick for Jamie Drysdale to yeah. the Anaheim Ducks. And there's a lot, a lot of rumors stirring around what's going on with Cutter Gauthier. Uh, there's conversations about, you know, prior when he got drafted, he says he, he said all the right things, but uh, behind the scenes, behind closed doors, said, you know, I never want to play for the Philadelphia Flyers. Who knows if that's true? We're not here to continue any rumors. Obviously, at the World Juniors, um, Philly – representatives were there they he didn't want to talk to them in fact he kind of hid from them um your take on this crazy week for cutter Gauthier and the philadelphia flyers 
yeah i obviously like everybody else when it first came out i was just like um excuse me like beg pardon where did this like trade even come out of nowhere like we we didn't know anything that was going on behind the scenes we just thought that okay random trade between two top tier prospects or two top tier young players um didn't think anything of it, but when they started to mention the issue between or the rift between Cutter Gauthier and the Flyers, uh, from what I gathered or from what I'm reading, it started back at the end of last season where maybe they didn't want to sign him to his entry level contract because of like a bonus um issue or bonus or I, I think that was the issue regarding with some sort of bonus in the contract. Um, they didn't want to take them on then they probably just said you know what we'll sign you next year but apparently i don't know what happened in between there um don't know if he took any slight to that or whatever but it just seemed like things went south after that you heard him say um believe he was just on a recent podcast where he's basically just saying that you know it was more of a family decision best fit for him and everything like that uh but, you know, you hear what the owner saying, like, you know, dropping bombs left, right and center and, you know, letting his emotions get the best of him. You're hearing what Keith Jones had to say, Danny Briere as well, where, you know what, we tried to make it work, but it didn't quite work out. And the fact that even at the World Juniors, he just basically brushed him aside, too. It, it, it brought, something must have happened for him to do that because no player or prospect just, you know, brushes everything aside. They probably want to keep everything intact, keep the lines of communication open. The fact that it was broken right then and there, I think that was just basically the nail in the coffin where they knew he wasn't going to come. So they just traded him, got a best deal for him. And, you know, good opportunity for Jamie Drysdale as well because he's had bad injury luck over in Anaheim. Nothing against the Ducks organization, but maybe he now can thrive in a better system where he's used a little bit more uh, freely in regards, to, in regards to his offensive upside and all that. But, yeah, just a strange situation with the whole, whole Cutter Goche thing. Um, obviously, Anaheim's deep up front. Adding Cutter Goche just makes him even deeper with the talent that they have. Carlson, McTavish, Troy Terry. You're probably looking at maybe Zegra staying on the fold, maybe moving him. There's already talks about that him being on the trade bait boards. We'll see what happens. But yeah, it, it, it's there's a lot to unravel with this whole entire situation. Yeah, I mean, it's a look. I, I think I agree with you that it's a good opportunity for Drysdale uh, heading to Philadelphia. Uh, Pavel Mentyukov obviously has taken on the reins in in Philadelphia or uh, in Anaheim with uh, Drysdale having his injuries uh, through his first two seasons here. So Mentyukov kind of gets that that step in role on the power play for Anaheim. He's he's excelled thus far. We saw that he's an offensive defenseman. We saw what he could do in junior. So that kind of made it. Uh, you know, possible for Anaheim to get rid of Jamie Drysdale. Drysdale was like this big prospect that they were going to, he was the next big thing. He was like, you know, I'm not going to compare him to Scott Niedermar, but he's a guy that they they saw coming in there and being a big piece to their core for the, for the future. Now you move on from him. And um, I do think it's a great pickup for the Anaheim Ducks in, in, in getting Cutter Gauthier um, at the same time. I'm all for being a player's podcast, Peter, but like at what point are we just going to sit back and say, these players have taken on too much power. That's this is, yeah. this is becoming the NBA man. Like, and, and, and like, I, I'll tell you, I, I don't, I don't really watch the NBA anymore because it just, I know it's driven by the players and it, you know, there, there was a point where a contract meant something um, being a pick of a team meant something. Um, and you know, first of all, shame on the Flyers fans for for like basically cruci crucifying Gauthier's family. Um, oh, and even uh, the like, I don't know what outlet said that they were blaming Kevin Hayes for that too. Yeah, like yeah. Jesus, come on, man. But like on top of that, like this is a team that got Eric Lindros because of the same situation. So it it just kind of you know it's it's ir ironic that it's it's their fans that are bitching and moaning at this point. Everything. But at the same time, like. You know, you were drafted by this team. They're giving you an NHL opportunity. And and, and to me, like, there's got to be some loyalty. And I just I, – there, there's so much lack of loyalty now in, in pro professional sports right across the board. It's not just the NHL. It's not the NBA. There's there's no loyalty anymore. And and that's why, like, we'll get into it in a bit with the, the William Nylander contract. But mm -hmm. to have him kind of come out and say, this is home. This is where I want to be. I want to retire, make believe. Like, that was, that was the most – 
satisfying thing that I heard out of the yeah. whole contract negotiations from start to finish was him saying that. And and to see the loyalty of a player in the NHL in today's NHL was just so heartwarming. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I hope I hope that both sides succeed. I hope Gautier succeeds. I hope Drysdale goes to Philly and, and has goes on to have a great uh, a great career. But um, I just I, I think there's too much power in the hands of the players these days. And um, you know, I, if you if you want to sign as a free agent, absolutely. If you want to demand a trade, I just I, I'm not here for it really. Yeah. And unless there's like this major personal reason like that we don't know of, and I'm not going to sit here and say that there isn't, but um, yeah, I, th- there's just so much, so much smoke around this trade and like to hide from the team like that when they come, they fly to Sweden to talk to you and try and negotiate. And if this is about the fact that you didn't get signed to your, your ELC last season, I mean, crime your crime here river, yeah. man. Like there's, there's more to it. There's more to it. I'm just reading Elliot Friedman's, you know, making sense of what happened. I believe that they didn't want the contract to slide or if the, if he did sign his entry level contract, it probably could have slide, but they probably would have got burned in the process. If he got to 10 games, if he signed and played at the end of last season. And I don't think Philly wanted to do that. I think it kind of like similar to the Matthew Nye situation where maybe he wanted to make the decision to go back try to win and then sign his ELC after. But like you said, you know, it seems like there's more power going into the players where, you know, in nice situation was a little bit different. He wanted to go back and win. Totally fine. It's not that there was, there wasn't any doubt that he wasn't going to sign possibility lingers, but you don't know in this case, it just seems like he had more power over everything. And like you said, it seems like for a player that really hasn't established themselves as an NHL or not even to play one game to have that much, control i mean if he did want to say up front you know yeah i'm gone i don't want to be here anymore totally fine at least you're being honest but to let it slide and to have that kind of like you know you know shade thrown back at the team not even answering any comments that does you know it, it does rub you the wrong way yeah no i 100 and uh like i said i i wish i wish well for both sides um you know philly might be better off in the long run without without somebody like that in the room and and we'll see how it plays out in Anaheim. I mean, Anaheim's got a long way to go before they're they're even relevant. So, I mean, I think he kind of played himself into a bad situation. But yeah, at the end of the day, the Flyers are competitive. Uh, the Flyers are competitive, and the Flyers are going to continue to be competitive. And like they have, they have goaltending Carter Hart. Um, they have the pieces up front. They just need they need to fill some gaps and. They could be a competitive team, Anaheim, especially if they're talking about trading uh, Zegris. Like, I don't know. They're don't get me wrong; they're an exciting team, but uh, they got a long way to go. So, um, let's get right into the Maple Leafs. Uh, I, I think we all knew that this was going to happen at some point. We knew that this contract was going to get signed. We were. It was just a matter of when. Mm-hmm. You know, whether they were going to announce it in Sweden. We were all hoping <laughs> that they were going to announce it in Sweden. I would have been then, perfect. Then I was kind of hoping that oh he's going to be the team's all star and they'll announce it at All Star Weekend and right right smack dab in the middle they decide to announce that they signed William Nylander to an eight year ninety two million dollar contract. Um, jump back, what number did Michael Nylander wear? Ninety two. There you go. So uh, I don't know if there's anything to it, but eleven and a half million dollars. Peter, what are your thoughts on the William Nylander contract? Ah, uh, I I mean. I, I, I'm just going to get off with the number first, you know, 11.5 million. You weren't going to get anything lower, you know, Nylander with the last two seasons, putting up 80, 87 points, and then looking to surpass that this season. You're seeing that year to year consistency, despite being the first three years kind of being inconsistent at times, but he made up for it in his last three seasons. So like he proved that he deserves to be one of the top paid players and a top tier uh, winger in the NHL. Um, I do think that maybe, you could argue it was maybe 500,000, 750,000, or maybe a million too high, whatever. But there was no way that he was going to balk from that after the start that he had in the consistency that he's had played with throughout the whole entire season. Third in league scoring, or he was around like, you know, fifth or seventh in between there. He was in top 10 throughout the whole entire time. And he deserved every penny. He did. He got paid. And, you know, the same time caps going up he still has a small percentage of the cap of the team's cap hit 
around this time where maybe Mitch Marner still has the same highest one. So maybe, maybe it wasn't all that much important for him. He just wanted to get a big payday. Um, but eight years, it's huge. It's really great for him. Like you said, the fact that he said that he wanted to be in Toronto, he's, he said he basically called this home because this is the longest he's been in one city for this certain amount of time, really. And to he, like you said early on, to hear that, it really shows that he's committed here. They want to win a championship. They have faith in the core. And now the thing is, hopefully he can live up to this contract and continue to produce at this high level. I'm pretty sure he's not going to, you know, let, let this opportunity squander. Cause then there's going to be backlash. Um, I think he's going to, I think he's going to, you know, stand pat and it's, he's going to make sure that this deal isn't going to backfire any way, shape or form. Um, you know, this is, this was what he wanted to do. And you know what, throughout the whole entire process too, you heard at least some positivity, throughout the whole entire season. And it started with that insider trader segment where I think it was LeBron who said that, you know, there is, you know, positive steps and talks on each side. Like the open lines of communication were open, kind of not the same thing that happened when he was coming out of his ELC kind of looked like that in the summer when maybe they said that the asking price is 10 million, but you know what? Nylander put his money where his mouth is. He, he let his play dictate what his value was going to be. And he's playing like an $11 million man right now. Yeah, I mean, can we can we both agree that if if he took if he went to the market, he'd be making more than eleven and a half million dollars? Probably, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think there's I don't think there's any question that this guy would have gotten more than eleven and a half million dollars, especially because it would have been just a seven year contract if he went to the market. Mm-hmm. This would have been you would have seen a higher AAV. I'm not going to call it a hometown discount, but the Leafs got a discount on a guy who's right now sitting ten points back from the league lead in points. 10 goals back from his teammate in goals uh, this season. Um, and he's he's top 11 in goals in the NHL. He's top three in points. Um, like, there's no reason why you shouldn't give this guy $11.5 million. And he signed up for the long run. This guy's here for eight years. He wants to make it happen. Yeah. He said he wants to win a cup in Toronto. He wants to retire a Leaf. The, the whole time, from, from start to finish, this kid's been saying everything perfect, everything yeah. right. And I think he meant every word of it, which is not like we said, there's no loyalty in professional sports anymore. This is the epitome of a guy who's been loyal to his word from the get go. Um, you know, as much as like people hated on him when he first came in, he was like frowned upon as, as the least first round pick when he was picked and, and, now look at him. He's the most consistent player over the last three years, uh, regular season and playoffs. And uh, he's done wonders to his game. He's he's 14th all time on the Leafs in in points. Um, he's a guy that uh, can can do you know both be both a playmaker as well as a, as well as a goal scorer. He's 17th all time in assists um, in terms of goals. Uh, he's up there as well. Um, I believe he's sitting at one. 128 or 198 uh yeah 15th all time and uh let's let's look at games as well games played i think he's got 500 and something 559 as well so 28th all time so you're talking about a guy that at the end of his career if he stays with the leafs is going to be among the top three across the board when it comes to those numbers we always talk about retiring numbers and statues and all this bs I'm not one for retiring his number until like a cup is one. That's just the way I am. Mm-hmm. Is this guy going to end up on Legends Row? I think he should. I, I know. I, I know it's like way too early to say, but he would be falling in the footsteps of Borja Salming and Massendine. Standing I, with the Swedes, I like it. Standing two with the Swedes, iconic Maple Leaf legends who were who were Swedes. Borja Salming basically paving the way for Swedish players in the '80s. Sundin being an iconic legend himself, I, maybe on bad terms going to Vancouver, whatever, but still a Maple Leaf at heart. He went into the Hall of Fame as a Maple Leaf. You're looking at his play right now. You know, yeah, it's just under a point per game, but let's let's just throw this out there. We were talking about games played. He really hasn't missed a whole lot of games played, except for maybe that season where he missed half the season because of the contract sale, mate. 2019-20 ended because of COVID-19. It was shut down. 
he was probably on pace to finish around the 78, 80 game mark, 82 game mark, 51 in 2021, which is that, you know, lockout shortened season. I believe they played 54 games, if I'm not mistaken, around there, 52, 54. Still, you know, missed very little time there. Missed one game in 2021, 22, played a full 82 this season, and he hasn't missed a game this season. This is a guy that's very durable. And if his skill set is still going to, you know, carry over into his early 30s, even towards the end of this contract, I think he's going to be in the bet. Like, he takes good care of himself. Like, let's be realistic. Um, you know, if he's able to stay in shape, maintain his health, and not suffer any drastic injuries, he's going to go far. He's going to be up there with Matthews and Marner breaking team records. And I think they're going to be one, two, three. Um, I, and just one more one more point to add to, actually two more, actually. One is just going to be a little bit of a tangent. With him off the board right now, you're looking at Steven Stamkos being the marquee name. He's 34. You don't know if Tampa Bay is going to resign him or not. Elias Pettersson is probably a given that he's going to resign with the Vancouver Canucks. After that, it's Sam Reinhart. You know, he's making 6.5, but is he really going to be anything more than what Nylander is right now? Probably not. Maybe eight, nine. You're looking at other players after behind him, Tyler Bertuzzi, Ted Buteravainen, Jason Zucker, a lot of names coming off the books really that are like on LTIR too. But it's like after that, after those names, it seems like the crop of like top name four just kind of like deteriorated a bit. Nylander probably was going to be that marquee name. And like you said, that extra year played into the fact he got the security and it just, and it just played out very, very well. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I said it all when I, I, I said, like, if this guy goes to market, he was going to get more than $11.5 million. Mm-hmm. Um, JT's going to take a hometown discount when 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 he's he's all done his contract. And, uh, you know, even if you, you, you've got a core three now with Morgan Riley sitting at, uh, what, $7.5 million. So That was a hometown discount. If I've absolutely, absolutely. And, like, yeah. again, another guy, loyalty, wants to be there, wants to take that contract. I think if if Nylander stays a Leaf for the entirety of his career, doesn't pull a uh, Vancouver Canucks uh, last hurrah Sunday. like Matt Sundin, <laughs> I don't see why you couldn't put him on Legends Row. Um, mm-hmm. There's guys on that row that have not won Stanley Cups. This guy's going to be a, a, a top five in in all in all uh, facets of the game when he's when he's done his his career with the Leafs. Uh, we got eight more years of this guy. Um, I, I I don't see how you don't consider it uh when it's all said and done but you know we'll see that's that's going to be a debate for the next eight years and i'm happy that it's going to be a debate for the next eight years i'm excited to see what this kid's going to bring to the uh mm-hmm. bring to the the rink every night and uh you know he's a personality man this is the other thing how many of these guys around the nhl want and can play in front of the toronto crowd and he does up with the criticisms that he's he doesn't care with? he does not care and that's the big thing that's that's the that's the difference between let's say William Nylander and maybe I, I, I'm not going to throw in another Ryan name. O'Reilly. Ryan, Ryan O'Reilly. There you go. There you he go. Ran to Nashville because he didn't want to put up with the home, mm-hmm. the home crowd, and 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 like that's fine. It is what it is, man. Like yeah. he wanted to play his his his, his uh, game and and do his thing uh, away from the home crowd and and uh, not be like the focal point of uh, of the lineup, and that's fair. You're allowed yeah. to make that call, but there's very few star players that can put up with the the criticisms that he's put up with over his career and that have, you know, played in front of a market that is so. Um, he thrives on that. He, he thrives, thrives on, that. on it. He wants to, yeah. accept. he put up, he, he puts up with guys like Steve Simmons and shit all the time. Like, <laughs> I mean, don't discredit what he does off the ice. Right. Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I just think, I, I think it's a great signing. I'm happy. I, I, you know, if you follow Alex on, on Twitter, you've seen his, his little, um video clip that he did it yeah, was fantastic just it, it just get it done just get it's you know what it's not your money it's not your money yeah. at the end of the day so you know they did what they need to do to get it done how many times can you lock up a star player like that and, and they did it so next order of business for william nylander is the all-star game and we're going to jump into that because one we are hoping to be there we will get yeah. it into that a little bit more as as it comes as it kind of comes to fruition. Hopefully, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, kind wink, of wink, nudge, nudge. Let's go NHL. Let's go THPN. <laughs> We're getting there, but um, it's in Toronto, man. It's it's mm-hmm. 
you're in the hockey mecca. Austin Matthews is already named to the NHL All-Star team. You know there's lots of votes going for John Tavares. Right now, Mitch Marner's in that group that will be named to the All-Star team. William Nylander should be named to the All-Star team. I don't see why you wouldn't. He's a top three scorer in the NHL. Currently um, leading the fan vote as well right now. And, so. and 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 it's double vote day. So if you're on social yeah. media right now, hashtag the shit out of all-star vote, <laughs> William Nylander. Get this guy to the NHL all-star game in his home. Okay. In his home, his quote unquote home. Yeah. Um, and then of course, John Tavares is putting his votes aside and saying, let's go for Morgan Riley. This guy deserves to be there. And absolutely. He just, absolutely. He deserves True to be captain. there. This guy's been through the ups and downs in Toronto. He deserves to be there. What are your thoughts on the NHL all-star game and what we're seeing so far? Yeah. A little bit of breaking news. Jamie drives. just got his first point as a Philadelphia flyer. There you go. They're already little, winning little, the trade. Little, already little winning bit of the a side trade. note there uh, as we were talking about that before, but um, yeah, I mean, this is going to be fantastic. I mean, the last time they were like Maple Leafs at an all-star game, like multiple ones, what was it? It was in Ottawa and it was like led by, you know, Phil Kessel, Dion Phaneuf, Joffrey Lupul. Whoop-de-doo, Basil. Yeah. You know, awesome powers there. Um, you're you're seeing legit high-end elite-level talent possibly going to this all-star game. Matthews, we already know the shot. We saw that goal that he scored against the San Jose Sharks. Just absolutely ridiculous from the boards and just brushed it off like it was nothing. Mitch Marner, despite, you know, the ups and downs, the slow starts, the frustrating play that he could get too cute at times, he's an elite playmaker. There's no doubt about it. Nylander, the season that he's having, for sure. Um, It would be really, really nice to see Morgan Riley there. Like you said, all the stuff that he's been through, the highs, the lows, being through the one player through the rebuild when it actually happened, being at the forefront of Game 7 and at the buckle, the 4-1 lead, sorry to bring that up again, but... You know, he was there. You know, this is a player that's been through it all. He, he And not only that, like, even this season as well. I, I, I'm going to say it right now. I even wrote about it, how he was emerging as maybe not necessarily the Norse Trophy frontrunner because, let's face it, that's going to Quinn Hughes right now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as a defenseman right now, he's still being very productive. He's very strong defensively. He's top 10 in points right now. Um, he is top 15 in even strength points. He's playing on the penalty kill. He's breaking up plays left, right, and center. And this is the best that we've seen of Morgan Riley play as a Maple Leaf. And we've seen him at his best previously in years before. He's shooting the puck more. We're not seeing that, you know, hesitation on the power play or in the offensive zone. He's finding the open lanes. And we saw that goal against San Jose as well. This is a guy that deserves it. I would love for all four of these players to be there. Having Johnny there would be icing on the cake as well. You see everybody like nominate all four of those players because of the double vote or whatever. That's fantastic. Like I, we want to see all five of them there. This is Toronto. If nobody does, if nobody likes it, like if you're seeing like complaints from Habs fans, Bruins fans, Sens fans, you do the same at the All Star Game within your city. Let's be realistic. <coughs> um. You know what? I I, I just want to see them have fun. It'll be great to see the top players there and deserve this moment. If anybody has a problem with it, just look at uh, the fact that they, they're still going to have a Chicago Blackhawks representative now with Bedard out for six to eight weeks. And, and he remember, was the only all-star. And remember, that team is awful. Mm-hmm. They're awful. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. So if, if, if you have a problem with four Leafs going, like, it's you a know, fan vote for a reason. The fans vote. Yeah. yeah. So, but uh, that being said, a uh, quick note from our uh, friend of the show, Mark Masters, John Tavares urging voters to send Morgan Riley to the all-star game. There you go. True captain. Right <laughs> no better way than for his first one to be in Toronto, especially what he's given to this city and organization would be great to see him get that recognition. I think it's long overdue. So, yeah. I mean, captain as you said, it. Yeah. The captain is saying it. And as I speak right now, Taylor Heisey just scored a beautiful goal for Minnesota against Toronto. PWHL, it's going strong. Um, Austin Matthews on William Nylander. I don't think there's any doubt in our minds that he deserves to go and that he's going to go. I'm sure he'll have a couple special things, whether it's his outfit or something on the ice that he's got (laughs) planned for us. So there you go. You have to vote him in to see what he's got planned for the All-Star weekend. Oh, man. Either way, 
The Stars are going to be taking up Toronto. Sticks and the Six will hopefully be taking up Toronto with them. Maybe we can get some stars on the show. We'll see about that, but stay tuned for more information as that unfolds. Um, aside from that, we got to talk about the goaltending. Uh, mm-hmm. The Leafs obviously sent downhill to be this uh, today, brought Samsonov back up, recalled him from the Marlies. Ma- Martin Jones has been filling in magnificently over the last couple of weeks um, and, and really playing well. He's 8-3. and three. His numbers are way better than what his numbers were last year. If you took Samsonov's numbers out of the Maple Leafs statistics right now, they would have the best save percentage in the NHL, which is mind-blowing considering that it's Martin Jones, Joseph Wall, and, you know, that's really it. So you're, you're, yeah. what you saw as your, maybe your 2-3 coming into the season have now carried this team to the, the standing that they're in. So that said, your thoughts on Martin Jones' season so far, um, your thoughts on Samsonov coming back up, and let's hope for some Sammy with no Swiss. Yeah, uh, I mean, big shout out to Martin Jones because he's helping me out of fantasy hockey with all these wins, saves, shutouts, you name it. Um, but a side note, um, yeah, you really wondered what kind of Martin Jones you were going to get. Were you going to get the one that has been inconsistent the last few seasons or, you know, the goalie that showed up at his first few seasons with with the San Jose Sharks, really? And it's really difficult to try and figure that out because he's already in his 30s. He's been in the league long enough. He's a veteran goaltender. He knew what he was coming in to when the Maple Leafs signed him, probably third string. But they needed someone to rely on in the event that if something does go happen, we need someone with experience. He has just that right now. And even playing behind a defense that's kind of looked, you know, suspect at times, they've been playing better as of late. They're helping him out. And now you want to try and get the sense that we'll probably get the Samson of it a little bit, but for Jones to come in to stop the bleeding and give the team a win and a save and an opportunity to come out on top every single game, that's what you were missing with Ilya Samsonov. You saw, you've seen him make not necessarily highlight real saves, but ones that were very steady. He was square with the shooter. There was no rebounds. And when he, there was one quickly on top of it to blow the play dead. I mean, you couldn't have asked for a better outcome with Martin Jones at this point. Obviously, it was a little bit of a risk. Now, what's going to happen with Joseph Wall right now? Because now you have to worry about his injury history and this one. They're easing his his way back. Is Jones going to be the one that you're going to carry throughout the whole entire season right now? Or maybe if he plays better than, than Joseph Wall, is he going to overtake him and Wall goes back to being the backup? Who knows? You got like a little bit of a goalie carousel going around right now. But either way, that's like kind of like a later problem to deal with. He's playing well. You probably don't want to overwork him at this point. I mean, he's already played like, you know, started in three of the four games anyways this past week or all four of them. It's like at some point, his do you consider his age a factor? Do you consider the fact that, you know, if he's still good to go, he's good to go. Let the player dictate how he's going to play or dictate like what games he wants to play in at this point. But they just got to be very uh, cautiously optimistic about that because you don't know if he can go back to the way that he was before. But either way, at the moment right now, he's given them valuable points, something that didn't happen before. Yeah. And right now, I mean, I would, I would bet on Martin Jones if, uh, if I'm, I'm looking for a goaltender. And with that, before I get into my little bit, a quick word from our sponsors over <laughs> at DraftKings Sportsbook. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet five bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Looking at the Leafs for tomorrow, right now they're at minus 130 against the Islanders, so favored to take that one as well. I'm assuming Martin Jones is going to be in the net, so check that out. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 
or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. So there you have it. Martin Jones, so far this season, 12 games played, 8-3 and three, with a 198 goals against and 934 save percentage. Consider that when you look at his uh, career numbers of 269 goals against, 906 save percentage. And we're talking about a guy who had some pretty good years in San Jose. Had a great season with uh, Seattle last year, aside from the save percentage and goals against. Mm-hmm. His his win total was fantastic, but the saves weren't coming. The goals that you know, the goaltending that they needed was not always there. The Leafs are getting it right now from Martin Jones, and that's that's I mean that's what they need is some guy to fill the void until either one Samsonov figures out whatever's going on up here, and uh, and Joseph Wall comes back healthy one hundred percent because you don't want him coming back too early, especially with an ankle injury. So, I mean, as much as I, I said, you know, trade for flurry, go out and find another option, figure out what we can do to fill that void. I think Martin Jones has been the perfect example of what you need as a third goaltender. He's gotten the job done. He swept the California road trip, albeit two very shitty teams in that California cycle now, um, but beat the LA Kings. He had two results. It was a kind of a dual redemption tour for him, so I like that. Um, and then obviously two straight wins against the San Jose Sharks. I would have loved to see Hildeby get into a game. Obviously, mm-hmm. that wasn't an option. He's an AHL All-Star. So the move, according to Keith today, had a lot more to do with getting Hildeby in a game and getting him down to the AHL and playing on Friday, I believe, um, tomorrow. Uh, sorry, on Friday. Um, <clears throat> and uh, more more so than it did Samsonov, but – we got to talk about Samsonov before we close yeah. the show here, and and you see it in the you see it in the name of this episode, Sammy No Swiss. I'm looking for I'm looking for Sammy to come back and find find those holes that he's been he's had in his game and try and figure it out. And right now he is the anchor of this this Maple Leafs team. Last year he was the guy that we rode through into the playoffs, and he got the job done. He earned his contract. Now we're questioning the three and a half million. Are we going to see Sam's a different Samson offers the mental game? Just, you know, full Jack Campbell right now. Yeah. To the first point about Hildeby. Yeah. Keith did say it was about a development thing. Uh, obviously, you know, they called him up when Samsonov went down, didn't get any game action, which is kind of counterintuitive because if it is for his development, why not give him at least maybe one or two starts? If it wasn't two, maybe just give him the back to back against Anaheim. That that's just me because then he's going back to the AHL. He's going to play games, and then you basically could call him back up because Keith also said that there's no imminent, you know, no inclination to play Samsonov at this moment. So call Samsonov <laughs> up to send Hill to be that back down, play a game, then possibly call him back up for another back to back. Just kind of a bit confusing right then and there. Totally get it if it's for a development standpoint, but should have probably gave him one game and then send him back down, whatever. But in terms of Samsonov overall, I mean, listen, we all saw the news. We all saw that he needed a reset mentally game game. His mechanics, everything was just totally off of with Samsonov and you want him to succeed because this is the guy, like you said, the guy that basically took us past the Tampa Bay lightning in round one. He stood on his head in a lot of those overtime games and gave the Maple Leafs a chance to win. Um, where that went, I don't know, but he needed a massive reset. So sending him down was great, but you know, I I get like the feeling that this is like the Alec Manoa situation again, where they send him down, he played a few games, but then they called him back up if the games weren't that great. I understand maybe why they didn't want to play him, because if he does, then you know, then you really have nothing. If he's letting in, you know, bad goals in the AHO, and if he can't stop anything there, like you said, the Jack Campbell situation again. Totally get why you didn't want to do that and protect him. So that way you have the confidence that when he does come back up, it can work. But you really don't know what you have now if you do play him in, let's say, a week or two. 
He hasn't played any games whatsoever. <laughs> He's only had one practice in with the Marlies. Probably would have been best to have him with one or two games with the Marlies to see what you have before you make that decision to bring him back up. I, you know, Twitter absolutely lost it today. Like, I don't know if you saw the comments, but everyone is just saying, what, excuse me, why are you doing this kind of thing? You understand why they're doing it. Maybe it's just because that they want to make sure that he's back with the team. Maybe that could get his confidence going again. Mm -hmm. Totally fine. But again, I'm under the impression that you need to see what you have before you can make any decision. And if he at least has a sub 900 game or maybe allowed two goals, but you know, he had a strong performance, bring him back up. See if he could do that for another game. Other than that, I don't know, but it just seems like they called him up way too soon and don't know what they have yet because they haven't seen him play a game in such a long time. That, yeah. that, that That's where I'm at right now. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, you know, and Twitter's such a fun place when this kind of shit happens, but um, especially leave Twitter, like, you know, it's, it's more entertaining than TV sometimes. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think, you know what, at the end of the day, you've got this guy signed to a $3.5 million contract. You have to find a way to get him in. You have to find a way to, um, you know, to get, to get him a game or, or, or two and, and see, see if he can kind of turn this thing around because it is a mental game at the, at the end of the day, this, the, what he's, what's he's going through is a mental aspect of the game. We saw with Jack Campbell in his second year with the Leafs, we're seeing it now um, with, with, with Ilya Samsonov. And this is a guy who's on a one-year contract at the end of the day, he's got to play well to get another contract. And he knows that he understands that. And he understands that he's going to have to figure it out um, to, to get, to get another opportunity. So you have to kind of see what you got there. I think Hilda B's on the right track with his development, mm -hmm. but he's your starter in the AHL and he's playing well. I don't think you, you, you don't, you don't mess around with that right now, especially when it comes to that position. Um, like I said, I would have loved to see him get a game maybe against San Jose. Yeah. Um, just one, that's just it. one, just one to see what he's got. And, and, uh, but aside from that, um, you know, I, I like the fact that they moved him back down. Um, right now you have Martin Jones running with it and he's a 34 year old veteran. He's not going to, he's not going to squander at the thought of Ilya Samsonov mm -hmm. backing him up. It, it's, it's, you know, pretty simple. Um, they both know that when Joseph wall comes back, he's the guy. Um, and, uh, I think, I think that's, that's where the, the that's where Keith's at right now. And that's where the organization has to be at right now. So, um, that one said question, one question for you though. <laughs> If Wall does return, who gets sent down between Jones and Samson? It's probably an easy question right now, but I, I think right now it's got to be Samsonov. Like he's he's cleared waivers. I think you have to send him down. Um, I think at this point Jones has earned his spot on the on the team. And and if you're going into playoffs right now, the, the guy that you would want back there is not gonna be, you know, it's not uh it's not Samsonov if, if something happens to Wall. So that's why I'm saying like Wall, you've got to have him at 100%. You can't have him coming back at 90% and hope that he's going to be the guy that carries you through the playoffs. You have to have him at 100%. We saw what Vegas did last year with four goalies getting an opportunity to play in playoff hockey. Um, they had, you know, they were on, they were on goalie number four or five by the time they won the cup mm -hmm. and Aiden Hill got a contract out of it. Um, so that's what you got to look at. I think Martin Jones understands that he's a veteran guy. He knows what to expect. Joseph Wall's the guy. He's, he's the future right now. Uh, Hilda B's right there. We've talked about Arthur Akiyamov. Uh, there's going to be a time when he comes over as well. Uh, Vyacheslav Peksa is right there as well. Maybe not as high, uh, ceiling as, as guys like Akiyamov and, uh, Hilda B, but he's a guy that, you know, offers some stability uh, within the organization as well. So the Leafs are going to be okay in goaltending. And that's that's the first time you've heard me say that in a long, long time. Yeah. Um, and and I think right now the focus has to be on wall in the future um, and just kind of fill the hole where you can. And, and to me right now, that's not Samsonov. Yeah, I know. 100% agree. And you know, you look at how, like, the type of goals that Martin Jones has let in. It's either there have been a few, like, you know, deflections here and there, but I think there was maybe one that maybe got away from him was a bad bounce and everything like that. I think it was against Ottawa. But other than that, you really haven't seen those kind of like, you know, those soft goals that Ilya Samsonov let in, like, you know, like three or four against the Buffalo Sabres. So you have to wonder that 
even though if Samsonov does come back, who are you going to go with? Or you better go with the hot hand and the goalie that you know that you've seen that can be a little bit more consistent than Samsonov, whose play has been kind of streaky at, at this point right now. And like you said, you need even if Jones is the backup and Wall doesn't have as great of a few outings, you know, you could rely on him to take over the starter role. Yeah, no, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. But um, with that said, uh, just a quick note, uh, a little more breaking news from Elliot Freeman here. Um, it's official that Corey Perry is welcome back in the NHL. So you want to talk about mysteries? You want to talk about thrillers? There you go. Uh, Connor Bedard gets injured and Corey Perry is allowed back into the NHL. <sighs> I don't know what's going on there. There's more to that story, but man, a lot of that, things we uh, still don't know about. So there's, yeah, yeah, it's uh, a lot of smoke and mirrors right now for that. So um, there you go. There you have it. Uh, Corey Perry could end up with a team uh, by the deadline. We'll see what happens there. But um, Peter, anything else before we close it out on episode 145? Oh, I just want to say that you know. I'm- Back leading the draft coverage for THW. Happy to be at that post, co-leading it with, you know, one of our one of our managing editors as well. So really happy to be doing that. Draft rankings are coming out. We're already in the full process of getting stuff done, getting stuff prepped for when the time comes. So big news on my end. Also working on something about, you know, the Maple Leafs defense, about one name that really hasn't gotten a lot more recognition during the season. But uh, I've been really happy with his play. Uh, I don't know if you want me to say the name or not, but that's up to you. You yeah. want to keep it a mystery? Keep it a mystery. Uh, uh, it's not Simon Benoit. As there much as go. I love him, and I mentioned that he was one of the top two like names standing out from free agency this year with Noah Gregor. It's not Simon Benoit, although I have liked his play so far. There you go. There you go. Well, as always, guys, you can follow us on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it now. Um, Just call it Twitter. <laughs> you can you can follow <laughs> us on um, uh, Instagram. You can follow us on TikTok. Make sure you go to our YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe. The more we get, the more we can give. And we're looking to have a big 2024. We we rose again in 2023. We didn't mention off the top of the show, but we are up for the best hockey podcast this year again. Down yeah. to 12 finalists. It's up to the fan vote. So if you're listening, if you're tuning in, head over to the Sports Podcast um, Network and make sure you vote for Sticks in the Six under the best hockey podcast category. We would love, love, love to be your 2024 recipient. Um, yes. It would be huge for us, especially just being four years in. Um, as always, make sure you follow all of us on Twitter um, and subscribe, 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 download, tell your friends, share it. Also, big shout out to the Hockey Podcast Network for all they do. They've got amazing shows. A lot of the yeah. shows up for that uh, that award are from the Hockey Podcast Network. Mm-hmm. Shout out to DraftKings for, for always hitting us up. Shout, shout out to in the alehouse as well and make sure guys you want tickets somewhere this year head over to SeatGeek, use code sticks in the six for twenty dollars off your first purchase that's sticks in the six at SeatGeek uh, for twenty dollars off your first purchase as well new affiliate for the program no name hockey limited you want custom sticks you want custom colors curves whatever you want custom shaft head over to no name hockey limited the Link is in the description of this show on YouTube. So make sure you check them out. They can customize your stick as well for a great price, especially if you use that link. So make sure you check them out. Um, and we'll continue to make, make sure our show brings you all the great content as the 2024 season continues. Until next time, that's all we got. Um, it's been It's been a pleasure being back here in the new year. Absolutely. 